Felix here, and welcome to Inflation Thursday. And today isn't just any old inflation day. This is the Fed's favorite inflation measure just that just came out. And I know it's a little sad to have a favorite inflation measure, but that's what their job is. Um, what were the numbers? We need to look at that so we understand what the market's doing. We also need to talk about the scandal brewing at the BLS regarding inflation data, GDP data out yesterday. What does that really mean? And of course, I'll answer all your questions. All you're going to do is pop them in the live chat after you've destroyed the like button, which will burn an entire calorie. Some say, you know, think of the money you'll save on Ozempic. Let's get cracking. I'll share my screen with you. And here is the data. Before we get into that data point, do one thing for yourself. Join the clued up. Join those who know how to make more money from their money, which means we trade a couple of hours a week. We don't stare at charts. It's a simple three-step system that I use and have been using for years. Super easy for beginners. All you got to do is sign up with a free live trading training on Tuesday, which seems like a long time away. It's next week. But no, it's actually just a few short days away. Uh, go grab yourself a seat and then I'll, you will see exactly how I'm up 126% in 2022, 105% in 2023, and so far 13% this year. I will literally show you the exact system. We'll do some live trading together. And the link to that is felixfriends.org slash webinar. Link is down below in the description, felixfriends.org slash webinar. So grab yourself a seat. Now, hold on to your seat and... Let's dive through this. We're going to color coordinate this, color code this like we're, we're five. Green's good, red's bad. Core PCE has come in month on month at 0.4%. The expectation was 0.3 to 0.4. So it's sort of in line, but it is whoppingly higher than pre the previous month, right? It's, I think that's the highest number in a year. Personal income was expected to be 0.3% increase. We got 1%. That's bad. Now, you might be thinking, surely it's good if people's incomes go up. No, that's inflationary. It means they got a pay rise. The government and the Fed don't want you to get a pay rise. No, they want you to spend your excess savings so you're nice and poor and miserable. That's the plan. Personal spending coming exactly as expected. So that's sort of a neither here nor there. Jobless claims, we were expecting those to be 210,000. They came in pretty much on target. So that's sort of, again, neither here nor there. The month-on-month -month PCE, also as expected, but still, it's a pretty high number. It's three times higher than the previous month, Previous month, he says. Uh, and continuing jobless claims actually ticked up somewhat. And the market, in its perversity, is going to like that. Wall Street wants you to be poor and unemployed and then spend all your money on buying junk that makes them more profitable. So you'd be in really a lot of debt and you just about service the debt. That's where they want you. Core PCE, which again is Jay Powell's favorite thing. It's what he talks about over dinner, 2.8%. So this is not as bad as it seems. And let me show you how weird the world of journalism is. Fed's preferred inflation metric increases by most in a year. From that headline, you'd be thinking, oh my God, time to panic, sell, sell, right? But no, it's about 
the real data versus expectations. And really the only thing in here that's actually bad is personal income going up a lot, which also, of course, has a plus side. It means that the US consumer is strong and is going to keep spending, at least if you believe these data points. And so say we have higher unemployment, which is actually a good thing for once, although unemployment data is so freaking manipulated, it's hard to like know what, what it says, really. Uh, total nonsense. There are easily a couple of a million more people unemployed than that, but that's a whole side story. So this data is not terrible. And let me show you the pre-market. There it is. And you see it isn't terrible because pre-market, pretty much everything is green. Tesla up 1.2%, NVIDIA up 1.4%, Google, Meta, Microsoft rebounding after yesterday's slight misery. Netflix up 1.4%. That's the consumer. CRM is up a percent. So, you know, Doomberg strikes again. Now, Biden's too old. Trump is too dangerous. What do you make of that? Put that in the comment. Whenever I talk politics, people go go really nuts. There's some really nutty comments yesterday, which I which I enjoyed about dishwashers. And uh, thank you for all of you with a sense of humor. And um, when I mentioned, I think I, I expressed my opinion that the Biden New York, sorry, the Trump New York lawsuit was a load of nonsense. And of course, the um, anti-Trumpers come out and, you know, tried to hit me over the head with a baseball bat or something. But anyway, I, I don't have any strong political feelings on either of your two fairly moronic candidates, quite frankly, but it is entertaining from an outsider's point of view. Now, let's go through this because this is important, almost as important as smashing the like button. This is from the BLS, the... Um, I mean, you could think of a lot of acronyms, right? You know, L, lying, maybe, statisticians, I don't know, the Labour Department, they sent this email yesterday, seriously, super users, and nobody's quite sure what that means. It might just sort of be, you know, the chosen ones in terms of statistics or uh, some sort of elite club of old wise professors, who knows? They said the weights for single-family detached homes increased materially from December to January, all of you searching for the source of the divergence have found it. What does that mean? January inflation data was higher than expected, and it's actually largely caused by this. They are given have given a greater weight to property uh, or, or rent, essentially, which has elevated inflation. So what would be the sense in that? Say you had here December, January, February, and let's just go forward into, say, November for no particular reason. And December inflation was a little bit low. January inflation was much, much higher than expected. February is still going to be quite high. It's going to apparently last a couple of months. And then what could you do in November? Well, you could make an adjustment, couldn't you? And then in November, you'd show inflation was beaten. Elect the chosen one. Elect the super user. That would be a conspiratorial idea here, essentially saying the BLS, the Labour Department, manipulates data to get Biden re-elected. And you might be thinking, you can't really be saying that. They don't just do that for the current El Presidente, uh, but they've done it for all the previous ones too. This is not, not something 
that's just a Biden thing. They've always done this. Look at labor market data is always a load of nonsense. But yeah, that's one interpretation here. Now, today's inflation data was important because Fed President Susan Collins and John Williams said the Fed's first rate cut will be appropriate later this year. Bostick said he's penciling a cut for some time this summer. And they're basically saying the pace of interest rate cuts will depend on incoming economic data. So we got to keep watching the economic data, just like we have to keep watching the like button. You know, you got to keep looking at these things again and again and again and consider whether you want to smash it or not. So today's data, not a surprise. And therefore, the market isn't shocked. So don't get waylaid by the crazy news out there. Now, this is this would be really funny if it wasn't true. America, land of the free, greatest economy in the world, the home of Homer Simpson. Their GDP grew 334 billion last quarter. Quite a lot. However, government debt grew 834 billion the same quarter. So what does that mean? You've squandered $500 billion. That's what that means. So it costs $2.50 in debt to grow GDP by $1. That's the power of government spending. Governments are the least effective when it comes to spending. They waste most of the money, which is why I'm not a big fan of governments. That's what's going on. So the whole U.S. economic growth story is complete bollocks. And it's made up and it's based on exceptionally inefficient government spending. What did they do with the $500 billion? Nancy Pelosi ate it, sent it to the Ukraine or somewhere. I, I don't know what they did with it, but obviously they're not spending it very wisely. So it's a bit of a sobering, sobering piece of data, isn't it? So next time you want the government to spend money, well, think about it again. Now, here's something else a bit sobering. We will get to some positive news. I, I want to leave you on a, on, a, on a cheerful note and talk about money, what you understand. Be quiet about U.S. politics. Christian Gerhard Wolf. Um, brilliant. Go on. Let's get angry there. Go on. Express your opinions. That's what it's all about, isn't it? I like that. I like somebody who dissents violently. Go on, um, Christian. Um, the big crisis out there that everyone's trying to not talk about is commercial real estate. And the problem with commercial real estate is that they have a double whammy. One is that all of you people want to work from home, slackers, and um, say I without a job. And um, that's one thing. So there's less demand for office space. The other is that you all have an Amazon Prime subscription and you order everything online, which means there's less need for shops and shopping malls and all that kind of stuff. Because what's the point in driving somewhere if Amazon's going to drop it through your chimney with a drone in 25 minutes, right? And then you've got a well-trained Labrador who picks it up and brings it to you, you know, perfect delivery system. That's basically the, the double whammy on that front. And then the triple whammy is higher interest rates. Because these guys finance their buildings and they use bank loans for that. 
Now, bank loans were like 0% two years ago. Yeah, weird world. Interest rates will stay zero forever. That's what people said two years ago. Mm -hmm. And last year, in 2023, very, very few of those mortgages matured. Why? Because they rolled them over. They have a clause in them often which allows them to extend it and roll it over. And it kind of got them out of a tight spot. But what it means is that in 2024, we're going to get some insane number of uh, mortgages having, having to be refinanced, something like a trillion dollars. And that's going to have to get refinanced at the current interest rates, which is, you know, what are they going to have to pay? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent. And that means that those projects, those buildings are now loss making. There's literally... A building in, in Manhattan today, I can't remember what the address was, proper nice office building that the Canadian part owner sold for $1. $1. They just want to get rid of it. And this is the problem for banks because you take all of this on board. Who holds, who holds all the, the mortgages? Well, it's small banks because they're run by a bunch of nincompoops who'd be well qualified to run for federal office. And they have a hole in their balance sheet. This is a problem and this is something to keep an eye on. And if you're thinking that, well, we can just turn all of these office buildings into apartments because, say, New York could do with more apartments, more condos, but less office space. Well, according to JP Morgan, they have to half in value because commercial real estate is, is higher priced. So that's not really going to happen without a massive haircut for banks. So that's definitely something to, to keep an eye on. Um, the end zone is here for the political views. Brilliant. Uh, love that. Uh, let's aim and uh, offend some more people. Uh, Julia, I'm not ignoring you, but I, I, I just want to run you through a little bit of data points here before we get properly stuck in, in the, um, in the uh, you know, offending more people, uh, which is obviously what I aim to do. Uh, give out free tissues with your next promotion. Absolutely. Three people offended. Brilliant. That means you that means you achieved something. I always think if you don't offend anybody in life, like you haven't really done anything, right? So I, I aim to offend a few people. Yesterday we offended dishwashers. Um and 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 um husbands of housewives, <laughs> apparently. Uh, so Bitcoin is going through the freaking roof. Even Dogecoin is up. The Dogecoin millionaire is a billionaire again. And let's have a look at where US, well, BTC, USD sits. Right now at $63,000. How wonderful. And that's driven literally by ETFs. How do we know that? Well, we can see the trading volume in Bitcoin ETFs, and we can also see at the end of the day, you can see the buying in, in Bitcoin. So let's have a look at a have a look at a 30-minute chart. And hang on, maybe a 15-minute chart. You should see at the end of the trading day when this is probably the ETF volume, 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. When So ETFs function on something called net asset value. So they have to basically buy their, their um, if they get inflows in cash, 
They don't just go run out and buy it right there and then. They wait till the end of the day, essentially. Well, they sort of at 2 p.m., they place their orders into the market makers, and then those guys will set a price, and then they'll get those orders will get filled. So you get these spikes. Well, it's a bit random, isn't it? Uh, in theory, let's have another look at here. BTC USD. Let's have a look at the Coinbase one. Maybe that gives us a bit better data. Um, yeah, in theory, these end of day purchases here should be should be ETF money. And you and if you see big spikes towards the end of the the typical trading day, uh, then then that would be would be ETF money. So that's what, what one way to keep keep track of it. What else we got? Oh yes, good news. I thought I'd not good news. Buybacks, buybacks are back, uh, like the Backstreet Boys. Are they back? I don't know if they're back. And what does it mean? Well, when we are in earnings, so when when companies report their numbers, they're not allowed to buy their own stocks just before, and therefore we haven't had a lot of buy buybacks in the last two or three weeks because a lot of companies have reported earnings. But that's now back. So we're having essentially. 91% of companies are now able to buy back their own shares, which will be supportive for this bonanza uh, that we are in. And the second piece of potentially glorious, wonderful news is this. The amount of money that has flown into funds since 2020 in billion dollars, we've got 2,400 billion that's gone into money market funds, which is basically, it's sort of basically bonds, but uh, through funds, money market, if I could spell, funds. And then we have another 800 billion, which went straight into bonds. Most people can't figure out how to buy a bond, so they buy something like TLT or something. And then you have down at the bottom, stocks with a miserable 690 billion, still a lot of money. And what does that mean? Well, the possibility is when interest rates come down this year, which the Fed's basically confirmed, this 2,400 billion plus this 800 billion, which is $3.2 trillion, that's um, almost as much as Biden spends over lunch, that money some of that will start to flow back into the stock market because the stock market will ultimately give you higher returns when interest rates come back down. Right? Anybody offended by that? Uh, I hope so. Uh, so that's a, that's, a, that's a positive thing to look at. So as a recap, come and join the live trading training on Tuesday and you can um, abuse me on, um, on, on the training where I will teach you my three-step trading protocol. And that system is really very simple. It takes a couple of hours a week tops, and it's what allows us to make these returns year after year. So come and come and join me, felixfriends.org slash webinar is where you get your pulls on that. Takes you to a page that looks just like this, and you can see here March 5th at 10 a.m. Eastern time. If you reside somewhere else, select your time zone, and it'll show you what it's like in your time zone. Free market, we're looking pretty good, aren't we? We're looking pretty good, and it's a combination of Stronger consumer, slightly higher unemployment. And yes, inflation data looks a little higher, but we already expected that. So they came in as expected, not higher than expected. So there really isn't all that much to worry about. 